This is RadioWilder.com. Yes, it's another exciting edition of RadioWilder.com with Harry. Over six decades of attitude, music, stories, and life. Now, here's Harry. Evening, Wilders. April 20th, one week before the big caper, the caper clowns from Denmark. They'll be breaking their new video and their new song on the Wilder program. In fact, T-Mone checked, out with, checked up with them this week, and they were doing the video. So this going to be brand new to the Wilder program. Another first, another happy first from our fans for our fans and from the boys and girls from Denmark. <clears throat> I might have mentioned this in one of the other shows. I probably did. But when I heard Rick Kingo's soundbite, I said, man, that really sounds like far away, really foreign. And I thought, yeah, you jackass. It is. It's Denmark. It was kind of even fun to me. Those are the highlights and some of the glory that I get. Because when I listen to the show, after I review it, I never hear the whole show. And sometimes I'll miss a soundbite or two that Terry sticks in or one of Davey's specials. And it's, it's an extra treat when it comes in. All right. Well, enough about that. And let's talk about how it's going to go down next week. We'll open up kind of similar to what we did with Dave's song from England. Uh, we'll, we'll have the, the video be up playing and we'll break the song. And uh, hopefully either maybe before that show or I'm now set up, if not the week or so after to see the aftermath of what went on, we'll do a Skype call with them, which will be a lot, which will be a lot of fun. We'll do that. And then uh, the Be Kind People Project, let's not forget that. Send them 15, send them 20. I'm sending them a little dough myself. Come on, you can do it. And then the... Uh, that's right. We got some uh, really kind of all across the board. We got some 60s. We got uh, what's the newest song we have down here? 2012, I think. Even have a country song on here. That's we've got two requests. We got two family requests tonight, actually. We have a special request from T Bone's daughter, the lovely and talented daughter of the T Bone. And then we have that's Holly Anderson to you. And then we have a my brother-in-law fighting. Ron Bonmiller has reached out to the program, and we're going to do his later on. It's always like a family. The last couple of last few weeks, I've had people that I don't know who they are, but very happy to have them, thrilled to have them. So we'll do that. Got a nice cover tonight, and I think that probably there'll be a couple of surprisers on here. The sticky situation, which Terry told me today, he said I like those stickies. We don't have a lot of them tonight, but we have some good ones. So what I'm going to try to do is, uh, I kind of liked it last week when I didn't babble quite as much. We're going to we'll, our story tonight will be starting of the uh, defeats for me out in Los Angeles when I first got on that trail for three years. We'll do throw a little poker story and enough lecturing, and those are stories where I'm getting the lecture from the other players. So we'll we'll do that. And the first sticky of the night will be song number two by Steppenwolf. That's a, that was a uh, well, actually, uh, John Kay still playing. It's a Canadian-American rock band. Their, their glory years were 68 to 72. I really liked it when they came out. 
uh, Born to be Wild, and then what we're going to play tonight, which might have been their biggest tune, The Magic Carpet Ride, which, by the way, so I don't get completely sidetracked because I have the glory of being able to do it, The Magic Carpet Ride reminds me of working down at KDBC Television and running camera on the very first flying carpet commercial that we had uh, uh, Mr. Maluli, George Maluli, flying over the city of El Paso. On his, uh, he was he was a carpet commander, owned a carpet store, so he flew across the, the screen. And of course, I'd like to point out that the, <clears throat> let's say that the special effects in those days were not quite as great. And George took up that carpet. Always liked George. I've told you the story about he cuffed me around and be a little too hopped up to play poker with his boys. Good guy and his son and I were very good friends. Daughter and I were friends. But we did that commercial. We must have done about 30 takes on that commercial. And George flew over the city. It was a big hit. Got him a lot of action. Well, let's go back to this magic carpet ride. 68 to 72. They uh, then broke up in 72. They made a little comeback, 74 to 78. And now John Kay is the only member still playing, 2008 to present. They have eight gold albums. And I bring you some of these totals and numbers so you get some relevance about who these guys are. I think, who the hell are these guys? When you knock out in a, that short period of time, or even because they haven't had any big hits in the last 15, 20 years, so they basically did it in a consolidated period of time. When you're knocking out eight gold albums and sell over 25 million records, uh, 12 Billboard top 100 singles, and six in the top 40, you're pretty stout. And, and more importantly, people like your music. That's really, that's what all of us hope for is that people like the music, like our music on the show or any of the bands. If you get somebody on and they get a following, they like their music, it's one of those... It's different than art. Art gets a following, but music can get a, a uh, what am I trying to say, like a, like a huge bonfire when people start liking music. So we're going to start off with Tony C. and The Truth. Tony, he rocks it out nicely. Just a, just a band playing stuff for you, early 2000s. Like what he says, like what he sounds. So it's, it's going to lead us off. Today. I think it'll get us off to a good start. So then we follow up with Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. And then all them witches, all them witches are the group that uh, are from Nashville and the ones that are recorded in the log cabin with the, you know, the goofy speakers and all the rest of the stuff uh, off their Our Mother Electricity album, Heavy Like a Witch. That's going to be good. Tony C's uh, song is called Good Looking Out and it's good listening also at the same time. And then we're going to stop and I'll spend a minute. It isn't really a sticky in fact, I'm not even going to stop. I'm just going to give you four because the next song is one of our times protest songs and all the protest songs that you listen to, just about all of them can be played today and resonate today. At this time, this is an Irish dude, Barry McGuire. He's going to do Eve of Destruction. And, you know, at that time, it, it separated itself from everything that was going on. We were all having fun playing music, but the war certainly was a huge part of what we did. It wasn't a war like these wars that we have where they're, they're almost certainly anybody that's involved in them would say they're awfully heavy duty and we respect all the servicemen and all the people that are going over that, going over to these different places. I'm not going to ever get into politics. Just my personal opinion is I don't know why we're over there for all this stuff. 
I lost enough friends and people in there, but that's not really my business. My business is to have the respect for the people. If they're over there, they're over there. If they're in the service, they're in the service. I doff the cap at any time. Well, Barry's going to do Eva destruction, and then we're going to stop. And we're we're going to talk about a gentleman who's been rocking since the '50s, still rocking, still knocking out albums. He'll get maybe the biggest stickier we have. So let's. Uh, Let's start off with four, get you off into a good mood. We'll do four, pull a halt to it, take a little peek at this guy, and then we'll then then it's kind of odd, back and forth and back and forth. And we're gonna have a band on tonight that was the house band for a place that uh, my band came in and played, and they were the house band. We became friends with them. So without further ado, let's do four, not much more. We'll open the door. I don't need to start doing all that crap. That sounds terrible. Let's just do four and have about. Yeah, 12, 15 minutes worth of uninterrupted music on the Wilder program. They put my picture up on the wall at the bar. They said, you see this sucker, don't you take his check no more. He good for nothing, except talking trash. Don't you see, pay care. But my man Richie always hooked me up when nobody looking. And AJ's old lady fed me some home cooking. Good looking out, I appreciate it. Yeah, and that's the fact.
This is Rick Kingo from Caper Clowns coming to you from Denmark. You can hear us on RadioWilder.com where you hear the newest and best music in rock and roll. Exploding, violence flaring, bullets loading. You're old enough to kill, but not for voting. You don't believe in war, but what's that gun you're toting? And even the Jordan River has bodies floating. But you tell me over and over and over again, my friend, I you don't believe we're on the Don't you understand what I'm trying to say? Can't you feel the fears I'm feeling today? If the button is pushed, there's no running away. There'll be no one to save with the world in a grave. Take a look around you, boy. It's bound to scare you, boy, and you tell me over and over and over again, my friend. I you don't believe we're on the eve of destruction. Yeah, my blood's so mad. Feels like coagulating I'm sitting here Just contemplating I can't twist the truth It knows no regulation Handful of senators Don't pass legislation And marches alone Can't bring integration When human respect Is disintegrating This whole crazy world Is just too frustrating And you tell me Think of all the hate there is in Red China Then take a look around to Selma, Alabama You may leave here for four days in space But when you return it's the same old place The pounding of the drums, the pride and disgrace You can bury your dead, but don't leave a trace Hate your next door neighbor, but don't forget to say grace And tell me over and over and over and over again My friend, you don't believe we're on the eve of destruction No, no, you don't That was weird how uh, all them witches and Barry's song almost had similar, very dark starts. But that song is 50 years old, Eve of Destruction, and all about the Vietnam War and all about, but all those things are current today. You can fast forward it. So what's that say to you? 
you know, <laughs> nothing new is going on that a lot of us and people well before our time had not gone over. Just different media. You hear more about it and you do more about it, but it's the same stuff. And that's just, uh, that's how it goes. But that was a, that was a, a, a I, there were a lot of protest songs during all the great music then, but that one was one that was a big charter. What did you think about Tony C.? We, we we know about people that uh, they try to get rich and all of a sudden their pals come around to say hi to him. How, how's it going? I like when he stayed real with the people that treated him right. But he's just, it's a nice, Tony C's got three or four to- songs. It's called Tony C and the Truth if you want to look them up. And they're, they're nice. And then I was sitting here and I went, holy crap. I forgot about three things for the fans of the Wilder program and even for us. Number one, our store, our general storefront, we, we, we call it the general store. Uh, it's a fairly empty general store. It has a shirt in it still. <laughs> That's all it's done. Hopefully, Rick, by this week, the sacred, the sacred Canyon Commander, I've got some of his new jerky. We just came back from a trade show. The crowd loved it up there in Las Vegas. They scream for Rick's stuff. So, Rick, let's get some wonderful baskets in there so we can make a little donation here and there, and somebody can walk off with the basket. It's probably worth about 50, 60 bucks more than you'll pay for it, and I can almost guarantee how good all this stuff. Well, that's one thing. And then, on top of that, I can almost 100% promise you. See, we do the shows at a little different time, and I'll bring up the next thing because of that. So I'm recording this a little early because we did Vegas and came back, but... There will be a brand new cap in the Wilder General Store. The nice Wilder logo. It was really difficult for the guys to, to replicate Mr. Bob Duvall's fabulous logo that everybody loves. We still say it's the best one in the company that we've ever created. And he's done some good ones. But it looks good. It's uh, got a nice look to it. It's black. It says... Uh, has the logo and it says Radio Wilder, then RadioWilder.com. So hopefully it'll go with your matching shirt. Maybe you'll buy some of those. Uh, and uh, we, then some of that dough can go to the folks, to the kiddies. But nonetheless, you'll be able to have a hat if you like it. A cap, I should say, and a shirt. Maybe some goodies to go into it. And the next thing I was thinking of is I want to welcome and, and we're... I'm always behind or ahead on these particular things, but there's nothing that excites me more, except the thing that actually excites me the most is when you see the numbers, the analytics on Tuesday, and the audience overall just keeps growing. That's wonderful. So I'm just going to keep putting that same music on because that's what you're listening to. And and uh, with now a big input from uh, music contributors of the show, which is great. So we now welcome, and I think it's country number 24, South Africa. South Africa. They've hopped aboard the Wilder bandwagon. It's amazing. So I think that is 24. I could be off just a little bit. And then the next thing, I'm working on a uh, a 60s deal where it's the two, the two big boys, I call them the Beatles and the Stones, because they were the biggest, sold the most, were the most popular, had the most songs. However, uh, I'm going to try to kind of relive what it was like to sit in your car to be a rock and roll musician, to love the ladies, the ladies loved the music, everybody was playing, clubs were wild, there was every kind of band. I don't really believe today in the rock genre. I don't even be- I don't believe there's many different kinds of groups as we have. There're just not as many. There were every single kind, but nonetheless everybody was playing. 
But I'm doing the first one I'm going to do and see how y'all like it. It'll be a departure. It's uh, the Beatles and the Stones, Big Boys, at the top 10 sellers for each group. Some of them are surprising. And then I want to try to take you through the, uh, let's call it, I don't know, it's not really a lens, but kind of a lens of what it was like to sit there in your car or at home or anything else and just have a barrage of new British bands, one after another, after another, after another, after another, unprecedented. And each one was so different and you were so thrilled. And by then you either, you just either, and most people did, love the British invasion. That's how the name, it just became the British invasion. And the jock would say, well, here's another one from the British invasion. It's the, it's, uh, I don't know, whoever. And <laughs> they just were never anything. How can these bands just keep coming on? But they got so hot. And then they got, and then of course the big motherload country, America, worshipped them, welcomed them everywhere. So then all of a sudden, they only had all the music in the world coming over, all new, all different. But remember, our boys, our gang started a lot of that. The blues guys started that early, started that long because they all picked up on them, liked them. And they never went over that big as a as a uh, type of song in England, but they did with the bands. And the bands, that's what they heard, and, and that's what they did. So I'm going to try to put that together. We'll have two double plays on it, one um, the Beatles, of course, and one on the Stones. So uh, let me know what you think when it comes out. Probably a couple of weeks away. I've got the song list put together. I already vetted it, and it's a very simple thing. It's just a top ten in order for each of them, and I, and I uh, intermingled them, every alternated them, if you will. Beatles, Stones, Beatles, Stones, Beatles, Stones. And uh, that's the kind of story that I want to bring in and see if that kind of a different take once in a while is, is uh, interesting because it's a, it's a lot of real history. So we finished with Barry. Now, the next sticky, Dion, a one-namer. You know if you're a one-namer, you've done something pretty special. An Elvis, a Prince, etc. Dion Francis D. Minucci. D. Mucci, Di Mucci, born in 1939, so you can figure out how old he is. He's had 39 top 40 hits, and basically they were all in the late 50s, early 60s. He honed his style. Now, this is always nutty to me because I didn't know anybody that ever did that. And where I lived, we didn't hang out in any street corner singing, but they obviously did back east. And he honed his style. Just imagine a bunch of people after dinner going over under a street light and starting to sing. And you're just singing. You don't have any uh, instruments or anything else. Anyways, he honed his style, which was kind of a, uh, a capella style. And he just started to resonate with people. And another little-known fact about Dion was that he was part of that ill-fated winter dance party with... Uh, Buddy and Big Bopper and Richie Valens, etc. And he was invited to take the plane flight. Now, this I knew everything about the night the music died. I know it all. Know it all meaning I loved it from day one. I told you, laying in my bed that morning, I heard it. I heard the newscast, the news flash. It crushed me as a little young 10, 12 year old kid, 10 year, nine, 10 year old kid. And but I knew all about it, knew exactly what that meant. At least I thought in my little brain what that meant. And guess what the reason was that he wouldn't go? You've heard the reason about uh, Waylon Jennings not going and some of the others. He wouldn't pay the 36 bucks it would cost 
Why wouldn't he pay the $36? Because it was the same that his parents paid for their childhood apartment, and he just wouldn't do it. Here's another little nugget for you on the Wilder program. You go look at the Sgt. Pepper's album cover. I know you're fairly familiar with that one. There are only two other, there are only two artists on that. I wish I could be more real-time so we could have a contest. But let me just say, one of them was Dion, and the other is Mr. Dylan, Mr. Bob Dylan. So that's pretty that's pretty great stuff. Ni- 1989 Hall of Fame. He's he won a, he's won uh, he got a Grammy Hall of Fame for one song called Run Around Sue. And here's the final glory of this sticky. Last year Dion put an album out and Marlene and I like one of the tunes a lot and we play it and have it both on her uh, bejeweled candy cane list and my edible one list. And it's Dion. If you can figure out the math, 1939 to 2018, that comes out to about 79 years old. That's right. 79, his voice sounds, I think it sounds better than it ever did. He's playing with the youngsters, of course. Sounds great. He looks cool. So, Dion, you're you're one of the icons of the business, icons of the industry. So, we're going to play King of the New York Streets for him, for you from him to you and then i was listening the other day the mccoys did hang on sloopy and some of the stuff and then a very little known song and i don't know why every i keep getting involved with the word dance because that's not it's a very foreign thing for me it's okay to play for people to dance but i heard the song and i just kind of liked it i just gotta go back i got it's gotta go back and watch this little little girl dance it got me so here it is and let's see that's one two and then I think we'll play our request for the lovely and talented Holly Anderson. And this will be by and this will be Landslide, which is a Fleetwood Mac song covered by the Dixie Chicks. So we'll we'll play those, we'll zoom along for those, and then we'll put a halt to things and maybe do a story then. We'll see how it we'll see how it flows. But let's listen to some more music, some more enjoyable music. And I'm uh, happy to happy to hit these babies. And let's lead it off with the king, the real king of the New York streets. Dion. People call me the scandalizer. The world was my appetizer. I turned gangs into fertilizer. King of the New York streets. I broke hearts like a window Breakfast, I eat nails and chains To my kingdom I proclaim King of the New York street We walked all the same Just a local gladiator Here from the king of the New York streets Well, I was only 16 So what could I have known In my mind, these passing years The legend sure has gone You know, people come from miles 
see my raw tenement crown Always object, never down King of the New York street Check it out Schools gave me nothing needed To my throne I proceeded Every warning went unheeded With King of the New York street We walked off Smoky breeze, yeah. I'll bet that I was the only one who watched her fade. All night I never saw a smile there. She didn't even try. You know, for just a little while there, I saw a tear in her eye. Back and watch that little girl 
watch her and wait till I can get her alone. Yeah. Then I'll say, baby, baby, let me take you home. I wonder how it is to love her. I toss and turn in my bed. The way she moves to the T-shirt. Click on store on RadioWilder.com. Number one with over 60 years of music, life, and stories. Harry on RadioWilder.com.
slide for you t-bone's daughter living up there in kansas the uh you hear that mccoy song those are the songs there's really no explanation why you like a song or you don't i can just picture that picture the guy picture the girl dancing and i just gotta go back and it's just that good good melodic and of course dion gave you a nice reward uh the king of the new york streets sounds like a new yorker sounds like he's in gear all right so we're at the we're at the point right now where it's time for a little handyman he can fix up pretty much anything for you Dion's song is bridging the 50s and 60s handyman came out right on the equator 1960 still glorious for me and then we're going to play sugar shack jimmy gilmer and the fireball sugar shack was the number one song in the country they were in uh, the club, they were the house band of the club that we played when our fledgling little band, Sonny, Bill, Terry, and myself, staying at the Funky Plum under the command of bodyguard Joe and everybody else. Uh, they were rancher kids, rancher guys. They were a little older than we were. I don't know if they were, Sonny was three or four years older than we were, so maybe they were his age. Played well. They were the house band. I think they sat in with us once or twice, but they certainly came out and watched us a couple of times. They recorded in Norman Petty's studio is where Buddy Holly recorded. And it, it uh, short hair guys, and there was nobody grabbing them in a phone, book, trying to, a phone booth trying to cut their hair, but real good dudes and told some good stories, and we enjoyed them. And then I think we'll maybe go off and shuffle them up a little bit before we get to let Dave take us into the deuces or wilder. So let's do two. Call a halt and start on that long, slow, painful highway, uh, the poker highway. We'll do that right now. Give you a couple more to listen to. Yeah. 
second and the uh, Clovis boys Jimmy Gilmer came in at 204 short quick so imagine a two-minute song becoming number one which it was they were proud of it but they again they had they tended to their ranches and they they did what they did and the music they, they were musicians running it all they're enjoying it just like the rest of us coming in off the ranch and and doing it we never went out to their ranch but that's what they did as I'm looking at my sticky board here, if I could somehow, I guess we're just going to have to take a picture of it, stick it up on the site. You have the playlist, and then to the left, you have all the different lists that we've done. Of course, all the different controls and taskbars and stuff on the Big Apple. But then over at the sticky bar, I have the show notes, which are the things that I lead off with. And then, of course, the awesome Enquire stuff. And then above it, on the right, I have stuff that is from a, um, a show that Terry is doing right now, recording. And then above that, I have a little SD card. That SD card has nothing to do with the sticky. It's what the show gets recorded on. Sticking into Dropbox. I'm not going to go through all that stuff because I'm barely technically able to even tell you Dropbox. But then I look, and when you close the sticky up, it gets skinny. 
So I've already closed up two, and the next one I have will be the second half of the uh, Deuces Are Wilder, and it's a pretty long one. It's a pretty big one. And then the last one is down. So I've got them all open, all different sizes. I'm so happy I found them because instead of seeing those notes on the side, uh, they're really a help, but they're sometimes geometrically challenging looking at them. I know. It's a tough life here, but I couldn't enjoy any of it more. So I don't know how to go exactly. I don't want to give anybody a long explanation about poker, but because of the difference between when I was a youngster first playing and today's fascination from with about you're you're really talking about tournament poker is what you're talking about nobody sits around not very many people are going to be tuned into a cash game just watching it because it's boring and even if they play for billions of dollars you just don't believe it's real but the tournaments are what has turned the world series upside down and turned television big and why the numbers and the ratings are big so I'm going to try to give a little bit of an explanation of the difference. I'm just going to focus on a cash game and a tournament and what it was and why I was deficient in the cash in the uh, tournament game when I first started to play. So when you play a cash game, you come to the table and you have whatever money you have. That's it. That's yours. You, you want to obviously grow it, but you guard it and protect it. And there's many different kinds of games. So I'm not even going to get into that. I'm just going to focus on Hold'em, Texas Hold'em. And Texas Hold'em, what they have is it's a nine or ten person table sitting there. And to the left of the dealer, they have what's called a small blind and a big blind. You have that in both games. And that it, that was instituted to promote action. So what I mean by that is the small blind, when the big blind, which is the second one from the dealer, it'd be like the second seat if you wanted to go around clockwise. There's, let's say it's five and 10. What that means is the second seat in is committed for 10 bucks, like it or not. So he, he's the leadoff man. So then you can either call the 10 bucks, raise it, do whatever you want. Then it comes all the way around to what we call the button. That's right, the guy right before the dealer. And then the dealer, the next, the next person over is that, I remember I said it's five and 10. There's five dollars. There, there's half that blind in for that particular person. He can just take his thrashing and hand out the five bucks, or he can call or raise or do whatever he wants. But he's only committed for a half a blind if he wants to throw his hand away. The reason you have those is because you're forced to play. You're forced to put those blinds. Because let's say there were no blinds, nobody had to put any money in. You could fold 50 hands in a row, nobody put any money in, and nothing would ever go. Well, that's the first part of the blind. The next part of the blind. Now, so in a cash game, usually sit down. Let's say it's, uh, as we said, 5 and 10. It doesn't change. You go to Vegas and sit down in a game. It's going to be 5 and 10 all night long. And that's what you deal with, and that's how it goes. And you can skip eight hands in a row, but when those blinds come up, you're committed to them. You have to pay 15 bucks. That's just the way it is. So what does that mean? Well, that means if you never play any hands, your stack's going down. You're going to have to do something. So it promotes action, promotes activity. And because it's their hands are blind, meaning you don't know what it is, you're making an investment of 5 bucks and 10 bucks, or certainly the $10 one, he's making the investment. The 5 is making his investment too. You don't... The, the from the outside you have no idea what you inherited you could have a powerhouse you could have a couple kings aces you could have the worst trash can doesn't matter uh that's why they call them the blind that's why they call it the blind so when you play you're if, if you're a good player you manage your cash and you do a lot of the same things that you would do in a uh, tournament 
you you watch the players, you're looking at the players, you're paying attention to it. But in a limit game like that, there's more, you're you're going to end up probably playing more hands. But whether you do or you don't, it's still it's your it's still your choice. But you play the cards more than you play the people, or certainly cards speak. And because you can't get killed. Uh, because if it's five and ten, and there's certain, you can only bet certain amount. You bet your five, your ten. You can raise three times when the flop comes. Uh, the you bet ten bucks, and you can bet a twenty on the what they call Fourth Street and Fifth Street. That's all you can bet. You can keep raising it for three or four raises, and that's it. But <clears throat> you can't lose tons on each hand versus a no level where you can lose every single thing you've worked all night li- all night for in one hand. That's a huge major difference but the biggest difference is you play the cards you play the players and you know it's a it's a it's limit what they call it limit because it does limit your defeats if you want to look at it that way and you have a low limit and a high limit game and there's some big ones there don't, there's thousand two thousand dollar blinds there are plenty big games but at the same time you're not going to throw your house in the middle of the table that's so that's a game i grew up playing watching everybody else play and learned after a while to, you know, especially when Chris and I had the game in our house, then I knew I had a $200 lead or 225 lead with the rake, uh, you know, maybe 50 bucks in food. So let's say 175 So I'd do my damnedest to make sure at the very least I would lose that. And so it taught me to be even a little bit more conservative. And, and I wanted to win. I don't like to gamble. I like to win. And gambling, I did plenty of gambling when I was a youngster. Didn't do very well at it. As I got older, I, I started to respect the money a little bit more. And in that particular situation, I want at the end of every night when I kicked everybody out of the house, I wanted to have a plus for the house. Why wouldn't you? So I took that kind of, and I, I honed my game, and I was pretty decent. I could go to Vegas and play and sit down and uh, win money. I could win money at casinos down here or pretty much anywhere. I wasn't the king of the casino, but I was plenty good enough to, to beat because I think the competition was kind of inferior at the time. But I was I was decent. I learned and read books, and I, I honed the craft. More times than not, I'd walk out. But after a while, I did not like the casinos because of the smoking, number one, because of people going out, going busted, going to the ATM. You can see them trying to scratch out a 20. I just didn't want to be in that kind of environment. And I didn't want to take anybody's money like that. It was just strange. So when I was invited after Robbie and I met on that cruise and I was invited to go play the Aces and Eights, did it for, I don't know, a year, year and a half until Jay told me that night, well, listen, this, you know, you're a, you're a good cash game player. I can tell you that right now, but you're not a very good tournament player. And he gave me the instruction you need to go out here and play and all that stuff. It was all true. So when I first started to go to Los Angeles, I played at the Bike, I played at the Hollywood Casino. Those are two big venues there. And you get a little cheap motel near there and get in there Thursday afternoon or Friday and play. And they'd have a couple, they'd have plenty of tournaments. And I probably would invest in 200, $250 tournaments, maybe a five. Not very likely. Not because I didn't have the money, because I knew I was outmatched. Because the level of play out there, as Jay pointed out, was was very tough and very good. So you get in there and you, let's say, I don't know, let's say there's 300 people. Okay, you start with the same blind deal that you do in a cash game, except the difference is you have what they call the blind structure or uh, levels when the blinds change. So that 5 and 10, that may be good for an hour, may be good for two hours. The next thing you know, it's 10, 20, and then 20, 40, 
and then 40-80. So your chips really get knocked down if you're not winning. So what it really forces you to do after a while is get in there and get, you, you better get something happening because there's a term called chip down. And what you don't want to have happen is you're guarding your money each time the blind, let's say the blind had gone up to 40, 80. Well, that's 120 bucks around. Let's say you bought in 2000. And pr previous to that, you'd lost some other money. You can see how fast it would eat it up. And it just goes on like that and on like that and on like that. You might have 30 different blind levels. The series has a ton of them. And it, I mean, and but they're two-hour blinds. So you know at the end of two hours, it's going up. Forces you to play and forces you to have action. So my game of conservatively guarding the chips was really very ill-suited for that because I'd wait for the hand, wait for the hand, wait for the hand. Well, sometimes you can wait for two days. You're not getting one. And then I would make bad moves. I get in with the worst of it just because, you know, I was desperate. All of a sudden, what happens in poker is a hand, let's say they're premier hands and you know what all the hands are worth. And of course, pretty obvious if you have two cards, aces are the best and kings and on their way down. And then you have odd things like the king queen of something or the jack queen of something. Well, if one of those is suited, like it's the Jack Queen of Hearts, uh, Queen Jack of Hearts, that's worth a little bit more than the Queen Jack. Not much, but it's a, it's a little bit. But after a while, when you just throw hand after hand away and your chips are going down, 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 that Queen Jack of Hearts starts to look a little bit more like an Ace King of Hearts. That's when you get in trouble. And for... I don't even know how many tournaments. And and at the same time I was doing this, I was reading every kind of book there was. We went out the other day to our storage closet, and I got boxes of poker books on there. And then after a while, we'd start doing the stuff online. But I studied and read and tried to get the best of what we could do. So it took a, a fairly long time for me to come to this conclusion that just hanging around and saying I played for two days and won nothing, it got me a hotel bill, it got me eating bills. It was frustrating, and I got nothing. So who gives a damn if you finish 65th out of 700 players and they pay 50? You got nothing. You get the same as the number 750, the first guy out. And even that, sometimes, the first guy out would get a bonus. <laughs> there would be a bounty or get a bonus for being the first one out. So when we get into the next go around because it's not all about poker this is for shell this is for anybody who cares and again i've had people reach out and say tell some more of that poker then we'll start talking about some of the adjustments that kind of i was forced to make and begin but it took a long time and it's it, and some of that stuff doesn't even come slowly all of a sudden one day you're planning you go damn i should do this or i should do that so there's our little poker story for the night and we're going to be firing it up in the uh gym uh our, our Davey is going to take us in. I was looking at Jimmy Gilmore. Davey's going to take us in to the Deuces of Wilder collection. And tonight, we're doing Blackbird by the Beatles and covered by Sarah McLaughlin. And when we come back, Sarah gets a sticky. So uh, hopefully that gets you started. I'm thinking about the poker. And anytime you want to send a poker question into the site, I either can give you a reference. Uh, I'm not the king of poker. I'm I think if I played all the, you know, if I played a lot like I used to 10 years ago, I can beat them three out of 10. What does that mean? That means I lose seven out of 10. But after many, many years of doing it, I'm pretty comfortable with that. And I don't think it takes that long to get the rust out of my game. But if you have a simple question or want a reference or a book or any of that, I'm more than happy to do it. 
So we're going to go into here. Davey's taking this into the Deuces Are Wilder. And let's see what we'll do after that. We'll do Deuces Are Wilder, and then we'll stop for a minute and uh, maybe do maybe do two after that. So enjoy it. Blackbird. The greatest songs in rock and roll history with the coolest covers. It's time for Harry's Deuces Are Wilder. Great songs, great covers. Blackbird singing in the dead of night Take these broken wings and learn to fly All your life You were only waiting for this moment to arise Blackbird singing in the dead of night Take these sunken eyes and learn to see All your life You were only waiting for this moment to be free Blackbird fly Blackbird fly of a dark black night Blackbird fly Blackbird fly Into the light of a dark black night Blackbird singing in the dead of night Take these broken wings and learn to fly all your life You were only waiting For this moment to arise You were only waiting For this moment to arise You were only waiting For this moment to arise Blackbird singing in the dead of night Take these broken wings and learn to fly All your life You were only waiting for this moment to arise Blackbird singing in the dead of night Take these sunken eyes and learn to see all your life You were only waiting For this moment to be free Blackbird fly Blackbird fly Into the light of a dark black
birds singing in the dead of night Take these broken wings and learn to fly All your life You were only waiting for this moment to arise You were only waiting for this moment to arise You were only waiting for this moment to arise Singer-songwriter Sarah McLaughlin. McLaughlin, she's known for her, you know, very emotional, touching, mezzo-soprano-type vocal range. Again, I bring these numbers up because it tells you a lot of people it really enjoyed them. When you sell 30 million albums, people enjoy. She's won a couple of Grammys. She won that for the surfacing album. She, I don't know how many people ever got to see Lilith Fair, which was a kind of a girl gig uh, where you had some of the Mary Chapin, you had her, you had plenty of others going around the country and doing a girl thing, which was really interesting and good. They, she started that, formed that. It stopped and it resumed in 2010 and, it, uh, and stopped again in 2014. And in 2014, she uh, redid or released her very first album in four years. And it was a pretty shine on a dream, a pretty good uh, song itself. All of a sudden was made the official song of the 2010 Canadian Winter Olympics, which was big. And I, I said 2014, she did her she did her first album in four years. Well, then 2016, she released Wonderland, which was her ninth album. And what's really cool about it, it's, it's actually her second Christmas album. She has two Christmas albums. They're very they're very good. How many people can do a little of all that and do the Christmas album? She likes that. And in 2017, she was inducted in the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. So that is about, next to Dion, that's about the longest sticky that we got rolling. We only have one more left. So at the sticky time, it starts to become sticky for me. The perspiration runs down my armpit just a little bit because I know what's coming along soon, very soon. But we're going to move into the Bowery, which is what they call some of the little neighborhoods, if you will. They did it in the old days, but this is called Burning the Bowery. It's a single. It's Jesse Mallon in the St. Mark Social. Jesse's an artist I really enjoy, and he's he pinch hits on the underground garage as a jock. He's the one that said, man, I don't do drugs. I don't do anything. I just wake up high on life. And if you're lucky enough to get on the stage and be playing music, you better be high. I wake up with a positive attitude. I am positive. That's the thing that I like, and I like Jesse. Played one of his tunes in the very one of the very first shows. So we'll do that. And then I know we're wondering, and this just came along, sounded good. We're wondering where have all the cowboys gone? We know some people are wondering where have all the cowboys gone? So Paula Cole is going to do that for us. And then we think we're going to park the car. Let's see. We'll park the car. I think to lead us in to the Enquirer. I don't want to lead. I have Paul. I don't want to think about where all the cowboys have gone. So I think I'm going to go to the English group Stabilizers off their Tyranny album. And one simple thing, it's going to give me a little more bang. It's an alternative from 1986. I'd rather lead off. That's still going to give me Ronnie's request, three other after that. So I'll be back because I need a pop after I go to the Enquirer. I get down. You know how it is. The gift's gone. 
And uh, I look around and, oh, wait a minute, it's music again. So I have to kind of play this casually. So let's go out and let's go out and do that. Let's listen to Jesse, Paula, and let the, let the English uh, punkers, the stabilizers, stabilize me uh, so I can get ready and come out and be safe after all of this for the Enquirer. So to make it clear again, we're going to do three. And then we're going to, no, I said it wrong. One, two. Uh, you know what? Let's just do three and let's go to the inquiry. I'm going to have to live with myself. I'm going to have to take care of business. I'll let Ronnie bring me out of my inquiry, uh, whatever I get, that little daze after the inquiry. Let's listen to three and have a nice little musical barrage here. I'm burning on the fire. I'm burning on the fire. 
world had only just begun We'd give back all the things we have but one Only
ripped from the headlines. It's a Radio Wilder News Flash. Brought to you by Harry's National Enquirer. Spelled with an I. Because inquiring minds and behinds want to know. Now, here's Harry. Yeah, I did the right thing there. That kind of melted along with Paul a little bit better. I'll let Ron bring me out of the gutter. It's not really the gutter. It's it's the fun chapter. It's like, I guess, a, a comedian was uh, running through his line of jokes, and he's all happy at the end, and he's like, oh, I just want to keep telling more jokes. Well, the Enquirer, I am going to, I flake and keep flaking because I don't write him the letter that I want to, even though I brag about him every week and what, what kind of a authoritarian type of a periodical it's become now. Nothing but gold, nothing but the truth, nothing but honesty, nothing but leadership in the, uh, in the written world. But I never tell anybody other than go to the newsstand and buy it. Well, today, before I even start, I actually decided right in the middle of that, I'm going back to the old days of the Wilder program where I'd rustle up the papers and stuff. But all I'm going to do right here is say they have a tremendous deal. 52 issues. Remember, I give them a crispy five. It's $4.99. If you sign up, if you call 1-877-212-1942, you will, receive, you will pay for 19 of those 52 and get 33 free issues. I wish I had enough money to give every one of the Radio Wilder program listeners, followers, a beautiful personal copy, an autographed copy of the Enquirer if I could, but I really can't afford it. It's actually grown too much. And I don't know if our newest country, South Africa, would be, is ready for the Enquirer yet. However, remember another fact, another beautiful factoid. The Enquirer is 90 years old. Let's not forget that. 90 years. So I promise you I've really flaked. I hate to admit when I flake, but I'm not too proud. I need to have their gift shop open on the site. I need to have these this type of information so you can get a deal. Hell, I had to get, I'm going to go get this deal myself. Why do I keep paying for this? Harry, don't drive down to CVS and go in there and give them five bucks. This is a victory for Harry right here. Thank you, Harry, for providing it for you. I'll be ordering this as soon as I get done. Okay, that's enough of some real hot air. Hear the paper shuffle? There it is. I threw it on the floor because I don't have any more room. All right, let's lead it off. Let's go to Russia. Let's start it off. Remember, they listen to the radio pro- program. Last I saw, there were 20 or 22 listeners. Dave claims for a lot of these countries that are, they're, they're, they're soldiers. I believe that would be true. I'm just not buying in Russia. I just don't think they're hanging Maybe they are. Maybe we have some. I don't know what we have over there, but let's, let's not. I get so excited, you can hear it, that I just have to go all over the place. But... What they're trying to tell you this week, I have a little title here called Enquirer Greatness. Poisonous Putin brings his killing spree to America. The Kremlin kingpin, Vladimir Putin's global killing spree is now up to 29 victims with the poisoning of the turncoat Russian spy that he downed him and downed his daughter, I think, on the British soil. The Enquirer now has learned that the toxin that was used in the attack has probably made it to America. We're not sure, but they're pretty well informed, and they've got several sources that claim it could be here already. So I don't know how to warn you about any of that. I don't know what it, how it comes, but 
We gave you the news first, and this is all we can do. On a more light subject, let's go out to Hollywood. Hollywood always brings me joy out there because it's very light and very vapid. So Mr. Jamie Foxx, well, I said Foxx, I shouldn't do this because these people are known by one names for their greatness. Jamie is the headline, dumps Kate, Katie. So you see, we don't use any last names there. That's not me, not any journalism update for she... He dumps Katie for baby mommy, for a baby, for his baby mama. The shameless cad, Jamie Foxx, has been caught cheating on Katie Holmes with his baby, baby mama that he wanted to keep. And he's been able to but think of this. I love all these secrets. We have secret sons everywhere. He's managed to keep this relationship secret for hmm, nine years. Pretty good for Hollywood. Keeping it secret for nine years. Awesome. So the reason we think this came out, the reason the Enquirer, this blatant betrayal came hot on the heels of the National Enquirer's world exclusive that unmasked Kristen Granis, G-R-A-N-N-I-S, as the mother of Jamie's youngest, Annalise. So there's your Hollywood update. Now we're going to go down to the mafia. Junior Gotti swears vengeance on mob rats. Mafia madness is about to erupt as John Gotti Jr. has declared war on the loose-lipped rats who've weaseled their way into the witness protection program only to continue their criminal ways. Well, we can say down here allegedly that uh, Mr. Gravano, Mr. Sammy the Bull, it was actually, I believe he got in some trouble here in the witness protection program at a restaurant. I've actually eaten at his restaurant, didn't realize it was his at the time. But there's a few stories of alleged problems down here. So maybe this is true. But anyways, let's go back to his rage. Uh, they've continued their criminal ways. The reputed former Gambino family boss has told the National Enquirer he will exact vengeance, re- revenge on his, on his hit list, which includes mutts like Sammy G. But he's going to do it the gentlemanly way in a book. He's going to unleash a book. With every single name written in there, what they've done, how they've, how they've, where they're flaking, try to uncover these people in the witness protection plan. That may be a book that the Enquirer might feature. We may have that in the gift store someday. So, as a nice, as a nice lead into the gift store, we're going to go music today. But actually, we're going to go movie. So, the gift shop features a salute to Elvis. Now, this is perfectly timed to honor the movie that a lot of people like. It's this is a legit show. 15th anniversary of Disney's animated Lilo and Stitch. This is the first of its kind. We have a lot of the first of its kind here coming from the Enquirer. A first of its kind Elvis-inspired debut. It hits all the right notes. Notice that? Every single inch is crafted crafted by hand from Stitch's dazzling golden-accented jumpsuit to his famously slick-back pompadour. Now, this is limited to 95 casting days. You get, of course, the numbered hand number certificate. The king arrives with this uh, hand number certificate, guaranteed satisfaction, 365 days. Now, they are expecting a heavy demand. So, this is a very inexpensive prize. It looks kind of funny since I have an animal collection all over my desk. This may be another win for Harry. I may be selling myself products this evening. The National Enquirer subscription and... I could put this guy, let's see, does it say how tall he is? No, it doesn't. 
but it doesn't matter to you. It's $39.99, and because of heavy demand, you might want to take a look at it. And I gave you the secret phone number, and I can't bend down to pick it up because I threw it too far. So I gave it to you once. Hopefully, you'll replay this show to get that number, but I'm going to be better prepared because people are asking about the Enquirer. They like it. And like a dunce, all I do, I mean, I can send you any store. They're in any supermarket, any store. They're right up at the point of sale at the POS situation. You can read the headlines that come out weekly. But I just realized, Harry, you're giving them $4.99. You could have this for $1.77. So I've made a sale for myself, and this might be a sale. If I get it, I'll put it up in the website for you. I'll probably have that up before I have the gift shop. But another proud moment coming to you courtesy of the Enquirer. All right. I'm excited next week about the capers. I'm excited about South Africa joining. I'm excited about the Beatles stuff that I'm working on for you, the Stones, and going through all that. So we're coming down the door. We have one sticky left, and it's the last song that we're going to play. So I'm thinking, I think, let's just go out with a bang. Why not? Four is better, isn't it? Four is better than three. Three is better than two. Let's just do four and rock it out the door. All right. That's the last song we're going to play is by a group called the Kaiser Chiefs, and that's K-A-I-S-E-R, Chiefs. They took the name from a South... Oh, wait a minute. A South African football? Uh-oh. South Africa here? Coincidence. I honestly did <laughs> just heard that before I did all this work the last two days. So welcome. South African football team, instead of an S, it's with a Z. So they're an indie rock band. They started in Leeds in England, and their first name of a group in 2000 was uh, Parva. And then they're kind of a new wave punk influence of the 70s and 80s. They have eight or six, excuse me, original studio albums. This is one, these are one of the groups on our show or the Wilder program that you don't know as much until you realize, damn, they got a lot of albums out. They got a lot of hits out. They got a lot of this, a lot of that. Because... They are a band that people really like, and, and they're a neat, interesting, different way to play. Their studio album they did called Employment in 2005 sold 3 million albums. What's wrong with that? Ruby, which is the song you're going to hear at the very end, was number one, and they've won uh, three or four Brit Awards for the best British group. And then they have another song. It's pretty cool. We have that. You'll be hearing that later on in the program. I Predict a Riot. I Predict a Riot. That's a good one. That went to number nine. So I think it's going to be a, a song that you're going to like to end this baby. And if you like their stuff, go back and look them up because they have, it's a pretty good little library. And they are now in the studio recording their seventh album, which is due out next year, 2019. It's a group I enjoy and I like, and it's, it's across the board. Marlene likes them. She, I think she, I think they're they're in her uh, famous candy cane list. I'm not 100%. One of their songs is too. So we're going to go to Ron. Ron, here's the song that you wanted to hear. Here Comes the Night by them. This is a 65 tune. And the them did Gloria. They Van Morrison was the lead singer of them from Ireland. Had a, had a short but quick career. Of course, Van went on to a big career. Then we're going to Crazy Horse, not Neil's Crazy Horse, another Crazy Horse, and it's called Beggar's Day. Just something I heard, something probably when I was eating a donut someplace, and hey, that sounds good. Let's pull it in. And then, of course, you know Dave from Foo Fighters, Wheels. That's a 2009 or 2008. Got to have a lot of Foo Fighters around. And I think I did mention that documentary, and I'm not going to mention it again, 
because I don't have the correct information about the great studio and the board that he got, but I will bring that back because that's a damn good documentary. And he's good in it, and the production's good in it. And then, of course, then we'll finish it out with Ruby. So I think we've hyped next week. I get very excited because it's fun to do all this, of course, breaking the thing, but because I haven't seen the video yet or heard their new tune, and then I'm also hoping, this is a hope, now you see how I've been defeated by Iggy, uh, I mean, I know, I know he eventually will come on. It's been 20, you know, seven, eight months, but he'll come. But because one of my favorite, favorite groups, and one of the favorite groups for the fans of the Wilder program are the Ravenettes, and they sent Terry that note. I still, I better print that email out so I can keep it. They said, do you know the Ravenettes? And Terry said, we know the Ravenettes. We, Harry loves the Ravenettes, and they say, we know the Ravenettes. So here's my perfect scenario would be next week, they're friends with them. We're breaking a song in America. It's our third album. We got our video up. They're going to play it on this, this jalopy called the Radio Wilder program. They're going to do it. Now, remember, they're in Denmark, which there's a lot of wonderful things in Denmark, but you still look up at America as the mother load. So uh, they may say, look at the Radio Wilder program, and maybe we'll get lucky enough. We might get lucky enough that the Ravenettes will listen in. That will be a dream for me, and it'll be a thrill. But, of course, to end the program with the usual thrill, thank you very much from Dave, Terry. Marlene is now claiming this as part of her program. The first, I was, went to lunch with Shelly today. And, and by the way, I'm excited tomorrow. We're going out on a client call to meet this young, brilliant kid. He's 32 years old. Three of us are going up. Uh, Robert uh, Woodley and, and uh, Stevie Nagel and myself are going up. We're going to look at, he's invented a bunch of different different things with stem cell recovery stuff. You can have a big old uh, something that would be stitched up on your arm deep, for example, and you put these patches on and, and it uh, heals without that and way more deeper things than that. And then he's claiming that he'd understand why people can't uh, uh, cure male baldness or baldness, period. He said they're just doing it the wrong way, and he claims that he's going to be working on that. But anyways, we're going to go up there and see his stuff and see if we can come to some kind. He needs to be marketed. He needs to be advertised. So we're going to go up there and, and take a look around. we got a couple of Wilder T-shirts in case the meeting goes well at the end and a Wilder treat. If not, I'll keep them in the car. But I'm excited about that. But when I was at, at lunch with Shelly today, I was just telling her uh, that when she first when I told her what I was going to do, that was the best way I could leave something for her. She was I know she was fearful to listen to it. I think it probably took her six weeks. Then one of her girlfriends, hello, Renata, who does listen to the show, said, hey, man, he starts it off with a bang. He's moving. And her, you know, a couple listened, and finally she probably turned it on to hear it. And, of course, hopefully it keeps improving. Certainly the electronic part does. And then Marlene was really fearful. Why are you doing this? Oh, you know what you're doing. You don't even know anything about it. I know. I, I've done a lot of things in my life. I didn't know anything about it going into it. Not all of them turned out great, but most of them have. Well, now when something's on, well, we're doing this, and this is our that, and now we're in this many countries, and uh, uh, it's a beautiful thing how she's taken some kind of an ownership of the program, but she's my wife, and I'm proud to have her, and she'll, you know, critique this and critique that. So what I'm trying to say is there's bunch of people involved now that are family dave i can't thank him enough 
T-Bone, great. We're working on a lot more things, many more things. I wish I had one of the new caps on my skull right now. It'd be nice to have. But most of all, we appreciate all you. I write the blogs, uh, or the posts, if you will, on LinkedIn and Facebook, really. Up until the last couple of weeks, we're doing a little social media. Leilani Romer's doing it for us. But I write them, and I try to make them interesting. We get a fair amount of views to show you what we're going to have and how we do, but that's it. So it's a thrill to have you all respond. It's a thrill to have you contribute, send songs, send new things in. I had to go out to Rick Jorgensen today because we were doing a request for his niece. And I and this one song she wanted, there's about 58 different ways to play it. And, and he gave me kind of an idea of what type of... Uh, what, what type of a genre it would be in. So hopefully we got that right. But again, thank you very much. Next week is going to be exciting. So let's go out the door. Let's play four. And thank you very, very much again. I can't tell you how much we're having fun and how much we appreciate it, but I have to say it at the end of every show because I mean it. Good night and have a great weekend.
Cross Atlantic shout out to everyone tuning into Radio Wilder.com from the Cape Accounts of Denmark.
RadioWilder.com with Harry. Be sure you're listening in every week for the interviews, music specials, rock and roll from around the world. The old, the new, the avant-garde. It's right here on RadioWilder.com. Thanks for listening. to planet earth you're now a part of a night out with harry on radiowilder.com